What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the DFS Army Fantasy Football Show. I am your host, Flex Shane. You can follow me on Twitter at the Flex Network One. I'm joined, of course, by Sergeant Adams, Brandon Adam. You can follow him on Twitter at Brandon D Adam 19. Brandon, what's going on, brother? Not much, man. Just in uh, golfing a ton and enjoying summertime up here in the mountains. Finally, you know, it's been it snowed on June 1st. And uh, oh, so we're we're kind of trying not to go back to that. It's today. It's going to be 85 degrees at 9000 feet. So we're this is insane. It's very hot today. We're recording this on June 11th. There are two things that need to be done on June 11th. OK, Brandon, one, get a golf game in. And number yep. two. Figure out fantasy football, the best teams to stack. And that's what we're going to do for the folks today. It's uh, it's an interesting topic because stacking, I would say, has become more and more popular. Um, there's some very yeah. smart data-driven analysis out there that suggests that especially in these big tournaments, I mean, you can go to underdog.com right now, use code DFSARMY to get a up to $100 dollar for dollar match on your first wow. deposit at underdog which is fantastic and they've got best ball mania three rocking which is i believe it's a total of 10 million dollars in total prize money but it's uh two million dollars to first place so it's a pretty Ooh. astounding tournament that's out there but it's Big very money. challenging to win oh absolutely and look there's again there's been a lot of analysis about how do you really differentiate because you've got what like roughly in any just a normal league like 8.3 percent chance of winning that league you know one out of 12 when you, when you uh, are going up against thousands of your closest friends over at one of these tournaments, you really do need to differentiate and mm-hmm. um, also correlate. So what we're talking about today is really that correlation factor. And so we each have three teams that we're looking at. And I should preface this by saying, Brandon, these are stacks that we think, generally speaking, are realistic to get. This is based on ADPs. And, and really, all you need to do out there for, for those following at home is... If you do a draft matrix, right, it's, it sounds complicated, but it's really not. Just color code <laughs> the shit, man. Just literally go 1 to 12 and then 13 to 24 and go back and forth. It takes 20 minutes to do that. Color code some, some stacking options. And then just because I'm a visual person, you can visually mm-hmm. see, okay, if one player is being drafted on one end of the draft board and the other player is being drafted way on the other end of the draft board, it's probably not a realistic stacking option, right? right. So we're going to talk about some realistic stacking options today that uh, from an ADP perspective are realistic. Um, one of the ones that I have is you're going to have to reach a little bit, which I will say, Brandon, we don't recommend reaching in your best ball drafts yeah. because, look, right now the market is quite sharp in terms of ADPs, but nobody's ever correct. So if you're going to win one of these tournaments, you sometimes have to reach just a little bit. If you're reaching two rounds, yeah. it's wrong. But if you're reaching three or four spots, well, then that's just – getting your guy so yeah. that's what we're going to be focused on today of course good morning clipboard jesus happy to see you um good morning i must admit you were the master at it shane uh, i i'm not sure master of what but maybe it's fantasy football so brandon let's throw it right to you tell me about your favorite this is going to be your favorite you talk about it all the time you boasted me just this week when we said we told the people this is a quarterback that i'm avoiding but tell me a team that you're Stacking up in fantasy football this year. I am all in on these Bengals, boy. Like Ooh, I, I've been seeing a lot. I've been seeing a lot of chatter about Joe Burrow being overrated, overvalued, overhyped, um, 
over everything, right? And I'm the exact opposite. I'm the guy that's saying this is his third year breakout. This is the year where he can be confident with the knee. This is the year he's got protection with Alex Kappa and two other and Lyle Collins coming over to the Bengals and uh, that yet forget what the Patriots own lineman that came came uh, came to Bengals as well. I think he's going to finally have the time to actually be able to throw deep downfield. And I think I think we saw the shift uh, around week 10 uh, last year uh, towards the end of the year where the Bengals are trying to get to. I think I think they were trying to protect Joe quite a bit early in that season last year because of the knee, just not great O-line. Um, but this year is going to be completely different. I really think this is the year they're going to try and become – that uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense with Tom Brady, the Ev- with Evans, Godwin, and with Kappa and all those guys protecting. Um, I think uh, Joe's going to have the time. I think he's going to bump up his uh, attempts from 520 to, I think, mid-600s, close to 630 attempt, wow. 630 attempts this year. I think this offense is going to be upbeat. I think that's the – remember, this offense came from the Rams. That is who they're trying to become. They're trying to be the Rams. What was Stafford last year? He threw for a 600 and so attempts last year, and he was QB five on the season, um, and with 41 touchdowns. I think. Uh, I think. Why can't Joe Burrow do that? Why can't Joe Burrow, um, with a better O line, with a better offense, in my opinion, with with T Higgins, Chase, Mixon, um, Hayden better Hurst offense. now. Better offense, better offense. I'm telling you, this is going to be a top three offense in the league, top three. And it's not, I, I, I can't believe I'm the only one that's on this. Like, I, I really believe that he is going to take that next step, that Josh Allen step that we saw with production. I think this mm-hmm. is his year. I really do. I think uh, he's got a better completion rate than Tom Brady, 70%. Um, I just, I just believe if he just influxes that volume, we're going to see big jumps with T Higgins and uh, with Tyler Boyd as well. I, I just feel like that offense is primed to take off. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't think anybody's debating. <laughs> okay. You say that people don't trust you. Jamar Chase is going at ADP five. T Higgins mm-hmm. is going at ADP 23 and Joe yep. Burrow is going at ADP 69. Perfect. Nice. And Perfect. Uh, the thing is, is that, from a, a team building perspective, you can actually go and get these players without reaching mm-hmm. in a draft, right? Exactly. Um, as long as you have a top five pick, like you got to have that top yeah. five pick for to get Jamar Chase. If you if you want to do the Jamar Chase stack, you have to be in the top five. Actually, see, Brandon, that's actually top a really six. sharp. Well, top five, top six, but that's a really sharp yeah. point that we should just preface this whole conversation about is that there are certain parts of where you're going to be drafting. Like you don't get to choose your draft spot. That is randomized, no. right? Yeah. So some of these stacks we're going to be talking about, they're, they're not impossible. realistic based off of yeah. where you're drafting in, in this. But if you've got a top four or five pick, that's where you can go and get Jamar Chase in round mm-hmm. one. You're going to have to come back and get T Higgins in round two. Um, I've mm-hmm. actually seen him go in, in late round three, but if, if, if you really, you go in with the mindset this is going to be my strategy. Then you go, you get T Higgins round two and then coming back as you are approaching the end of round six, you can go and get Joe Burrow at 80 ADP 16 overall without reaching mm-hmm. for a single one of these players. You're just basically getting them at their ADP. And then the, the thing about stacking, especially Joe Burrow with both of these players is that we saw it last year where typically 
it was either or T Higgins mm-hmm. or Jamar Chase that were go- that were scoring as the wide receiver, mm-hmm. a top twelve wide receiver in any given week. But yeah. for the most part, Joe Burrow is going to go off. And yep. while he did have some up and down games in terms of what the Bengals were just generally focusing on, he had multiple mm-hmm. four touchdown weeks last year. So you, you assume that Joe's going to take a step forward, and that totally makes sense. So I like that one. Um, look again. Y- to, to win these best ball tournaments, pretty much you're going to have to hit the nuts in your draft, right? Yep. So at that point, if T Higgins is going to go off, if Jamar Chase is going to go off, Joe Burrow is surely going to go off. So I, I, I like that one. I like that I one. I mean, think about think about last year. T Higgins only had five touchdowns last year. I mean, yeah. to think about that and the production that he was getting later in the season, um, the consistency was there. I think I think that offense just needed to grow together a little bit with everybody on the field. And I think this is the year everything meshes and everything. I don't think it's going to be so hot and cold with Jamar and T. I think it's going to be much more. Um, they yeah. will both be top, eight, top 15 wide receivers. A lot of weeks, both of them. Um, I, I just feel Joe is that kind of, kind of guy and he doesn't use his legs. So he, all the production he's going to have is through the air. I think that is where they're going to lean heavy into this year. They're going to have to, because uh, the AFC is loaded. <laughs> the AFC mm-hmm. is absolutely loaded. And I think they, I, I think they understand that. I I've, I've been seeing a lot of people saying Joe, Joe Mixon is going to have a career year and all that. And I, I, I appreciate that. I think he could mm-hmm. as well, but I really believe this whole the whole plan for the protection with the O-line was to create more time for Joe, to create more time for Jamar, create more time with T, and to just sling that rock 100% of the, you know, at much more frequency this year, higher volume. I just feel like that is where they're going. They're not going to protect Joe anymore. They're going to release Joe and let him do what he wants. Release Joe. You know who else I want to be released this year? Justin Fields, the Bears, okay. if they want to win football games this year, they're going to have to release Justin Fields. Um, this is one where, look, you're going to have to draft multiple quarterbacks. And uh, check out our show just this week, the uh, the Bold Call Show. We talked about some quarterback strategy with the, the geek, the commander, the general, as it were. We talked about quarterback stacking and or quarterback strategy. And so if you do end up going with Justin Fields as your QB2, we don't recommend Justin Fields as a QB1, but as a QB2, um, you might want to start considering it because um, Darnell Mooney is going at yes. ADP 60 overall. Okay. So again, positionally, this is at the backhand uh, back uh, part of the round. So if you're drafting in pick... 10, 11, or 12, that's kind of that sweet spot for this player, okay? So if you get Darnell Mooney, back your head as you're going through your draft, start considering, okay, do I want to go and get Justin Fields right around pick 130 as my QB2? That's pretty much the end of round 11. So things are going to have to go, you know, perfect for you, right? He's going to have to fall one or two spots to you. But there's a very Mm -hmm. good chance you can start out with Darnell Mooney at pick 60, come back, get Justin Fields at 130. And then at that point, as your tight end two, guy that we've been talking about all offseason, check it out on TikTok, baby, all the way from back mm-hmm. in February, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Cole Komet, man. I like Cole Komet as a breakout tight end this year. He continued to show progression last year. I He actually did have some pretty good chemistry with, with Justin Fields. He just didn't score any touchdowns. And we know, especially at the tight end position, if you're not drafting one of those elite top three or four tight ends at that point 
you're going for the guy that you think has the most touchdown upside, right? If the player you're going to yeah. talk about later on, who's going to have massive touchdown upside, Cole Komet, if he can get in the box six, maybe seven times this year, I think that's going to mm-hmm. go a long way for one production for Justin Fields, but as well as, as look, he's going to be your perfect ideal tight end to Cole Komet. So yeah, yeah man, it's, it's the bears. It's, it's do or die year at this point. See, see that's that, like, if you're compete, like we got to, preferences when you're competing in these massive contests you're gonna need sometimes it's gonna be those off the beaten path stacks that are gonna win the money like yeah like a bunch of people are gonna have these bangle stacks right so if you have this bear stack and it actually works then you're mm-hmm. in that one percent of people that actually put it on that actually committed to it and did it and that is gonna make you jump in the ranks and get you that money and i i just feel like when you're you just be a little bit different with the bigger the contest, the bigger and scummier you can you can get and have more fun <laughs> with it. And I, I I believe those are the teams that actually end up winning um a lot more than you know, you know, it's just it just seems that way to me. Um, I don't know the exact numbers on it, but just that seems like one of those nasty stacks that people aren't thinking about doing. And that is for those big contests that and if Justin Fields actually does what everybody you know what we thought he could do pre-draft when he before he was drafted. If you can do that, then you're gonna cash for sure. Like I think that yeah. I think that's a good. That's I think that's a hot take for sure. Um, Justin feels a Mooney. I, I I like that a lot. What one thing just you brought up a really good point. Just about the fact that lots of people are probably gonna have Bengals stacks just because they're they're yep. a sexy team, right? They were in the Super Bowl last year. Hundred percent. One of the things you have to remember is that in these tournaments, first first and foremost, you got to get through your league, right? You got to finish first in your specific league, and then at the last, I believe, it's the last three weeks of the season is essentially a tournament, and then you need mm-hmm. to score the top half of these tournaments, right? So if everybody in that tournament at the very end has a uh, a Bengals stack you need to make sure that you're differentiated from those guys because if, if right. the Bengals goes off like you think they, they can and they, they certainly can, they have that potential, yeah. then multiple teams are going to have that and people and teams advancing are going to have that stack. So how do you differentiate? Well, you go with Justin Fields. He's not quite as sexy, right? Um, right. We liked him as a rookie last year, but frankly, he fell flat on his face. So that, uh, I, I think that's what you have to do. Uh, give me one that you like that it just is going to melt faces. Again, this is a high-end stack. You're going to have to go and pay uh, some premium draft capital for this, but tell me one, one of your favorites, Brendan. Mike Dickinson needs to cover his ears right now. Go get Kyler Murray, stack him with Hollywood Brown, and Zach Ertz. If you, that is an extremely easy high-end stack you can do in a high-output offense that we know is going to be uh, pass-heavy. I think that is going to be a stack that people aren't quite on because of Zach Ertz because people think he's old and busted or whatever, but he's, he's 31 years old. He was a tight end five last year and he only played half the season with the cards. What's he going to do when he's fully in with no D hop for six weeks and what, wh- where's that production going to go? I, I believe it's going to be a lot of Zach Ertz, a lot of deep Hollywood Brown play action passes from Connor. And uh, I, I think that offense is going to, absolutely take off with Hollywood Brown. That chemistry out of Oklahoma is going to start clicking. There's a reason why Hollywood wanted to go to the cards, man. It's because he trusts 100% that he's going to get the bag if he's with Kyler. Um, Because Kyler is 
I was just arguing on Twitter about this. He's top three, top two in deep ball pass efficiency. Like it's not even like a debate, but people act like it was a hot take when I put it out there on Twitter. Like people are like coming at my throat for it. And it's like, no man, if you chart the deal, if you chart his throws and you chart other people's, the, the, the throws of 20 plus Kyler is actually number one in the league. Okay. Number one. So I'm being very nice to people. When I say he's top three, I, He's top. He's number one. And and what, what what does Hollywood Brown do? Hollywood Brown is made to go off the play action and go deep and penetrate and take the top off the the defense. That is what he's there for. And I feel like Kyler Murray and him are going to be connecting a lot this year. It's it's interesting. So obviously Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown did play college together. And so they yep. have that built-in chemistry, which, again, we, we talked about the narrative last year. It was quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, young quarterbacks getting their guys, whether it was Joe Burrow getting Jabbar Chase as an example, right? And so yep. I think that's sharp. Uh, we obviously, everybody knows that DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss the first six weeks. The one thing I just, to add on to your Zach Ertz, so we want opportunity for our tight ends, okay? So he was at yes. near the top. He had a 19.31% target share last year, okay? He had five total touchdowns, but in the red zone, he had 18 red zone targets and he had a 27% target share in the red zone from Kyler Murray. So they are going to Zach Ertz early and often. And 100%. Look, again, Zach Ertz is ADP, man. Like we're talking about it's nothing. 110. <laughs> so he's essentially. Yeah. Crazy. So, so obviously, I mean, look, we don't always advocate drafting quarterbacks early. But if you go and you get Marquise Brown, you should certainly consider at ADP 60. So essentially, you're going to get Marquise Brown at pick 36, and you're going to come all the way back. And then on your next back-to-back uh, -back picks, you're going to have to make a decision and choose Kyler Murray. At that point, yep. you might as well go and get Zach Ertz to pick 110 overall and get that yep. stack because Zach Ertz, he's going as a tight end 10, which you yeah, know, that's, he's, that's quite late. Insane. You don't have to pay up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you can it's insane. It's all because of age. And I just don't think anybody realizes if you look at his splits from before he got traded to what he was doing in the cards, man, it's massive difference. And I, I just, I just don't like take advantage of people's bias because they think he's old because he's not, um, he's a year, year younger than Travis Kelsey. Um, he, he's, a pro's pro. He's been a Pro Bowl tight end before. He knows how to get open. And like I said, he instantly had chemistry with with Kyler instantly. And when now that hop is out, I mean that is a massive void and a lot of vacant targets that are going to end up going to Zach Ertz in the prime area that red zone. I I just feel it coming, man. I just feel Zach Ertz. He's going to be a tight. He's easily a tight end five to me. Um, and you're going like you said, you're getting massive value, massive value with him. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. I got another one for you. This one is we're going all the way to the desert, baby. Because those okay. Las Vegas Raiders, yes, I think are a pretty good stacking option. Now, here's the thing: I, I will admit that I've, I've I've softened a little bit on Devontae Adams. I think for the most part, a lot of people have. His ADP is still about around ten point ten. Well, it's ten eleven. So you're gonna have to be getting him pretty much early if you're at the end of the end draft of the round. End yeah. of the first, you're gonna be getting Devontae Adams. But the thing is, is that there are three legitimate good stacking options for Derek Carr. 
So let's just yes. let's, let's go back first. The last person being drafted out of this team is Derek Carr at 107. We talked Perfect. about, uh, again, with our QB strategy show, go to the channel. You can check out all of our shows from, from this week and before. Just this week, we talked about QB strategy. And if you go and, and get Derek Carr, he is – it's him, it's Stafford, it's Tom Brady. That's that line of demarcation where it's quarterbacks that are – maybe don't have that elite upside because of the legs, but mm -hmm. we know that because of the talent around them and because of their throwing ability, they can put up 40 plus touchdowns in the season. That's what you need for one of these pocket passer statuesque quarterbacks to pop, especially right. in, in your best ball leagues, whether it's a tournament or just a, a standard 12 team best ball league. Yeah. Uh, Derek Carr at one Oh seven, I think is great value, but if you, you can pull the trigger on Devontae Adams, but say you don't want to pay that premium. You don't want to pay that King's ransom for Devontae Adams. You can still go and get Darren Waller at 42 ADP overall or Hunter Renfro. There you go. A contract, by the way. He yeah. showed last year that he has elite chemistry already with Derek Carr. I'm not convinced that you're just going to say, oh, hey, Hunter, look, Devontae Adams is in town now. You can take a seat. No, he showed no. it last year with his ability. So you can go in and pay the price. For any of these guys, hell, if you want just a skinny stack, you could go and get Hunter Renfro at 81 overall. Wait, chill, relax, draft your upside players. And then at 107, as a QB 14, <laughs> you can go and get Derek Carr. So, again, he could exactly. be a QB 2 once again. This is the type of tournament where there's still not a lot of – we, we like to talk about sex appeal on this show, right? Mm. There's just something about the Raiders where they're just there isn't that sex appeal quality to it. And to so me, there is like I, I'm all about it, man. Like I, I've been, I've been so early on the Raiders. I love it. I think, I think yeah. they're, uh, I think Derek Carr is finally got a squad that he can actually mm -hmm. flourish and be mm -hmm. his top end, uh, projection of what he can be. I, I really believe this is his year. I, th I think. I mean, he's been waiting for how long to have an offense like this and a team like this, to be honest. Oh, like, think about it. This team that they got going is the best team he's had by far. He's got chemistry with Hunter Renfrew. He's got chemistry with Waller. He's got chemistry from college with Devontae Adams. And yeah. now you got a offensive guru in McDaniels mm. that is going to want to light this league on fire and show, yeah. him, show that he's a coach that can actually lead a team because of that disaster in Bronco land <laughs> with how bad it was for him. He was just too young, too arrogant. And I believe he matured. Um, I, I am 100% with you clipboard. He is top eight. I, 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 I'm right there with you with Derek Carr. I've been, I drafted him in my startup with a, with a, with the stack of Devonte Adams on purpose, because I mm -hmm. believe he's one of the most underrated and consistent quarterbacks that you can get right now in drafts and has that elite upside because of just the talent that surrounds him now. Um, think about a la Diggs. When Diggs showed up to Buffalo Bills, what did that do for Josh Allen? Like, what did that do for him? He 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 suddenly became a superstar, right? Like, yeah. what happens when you get the number one, according to pros, not just, you know, just people that are in the game. The number one wide receiver in the league is showing up on your squad. That's your best buddy since college. Yeah, what's going to happen? I think he's going to have a massive, massive into uh uptick in production and i i'm buying in on it for sure yeah it's it's so interesting though i mean just this week it kind of came out Devonte adams 
one of the main reasons he, well, one of the reasons he wanted to move teams was he just wasn't, he didn't like the uncertainty with Aaron Rodgers. Yep. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers came out and he said, yeah, you know, he wants to support his buddy. But, you know, when Aaron Rodgers signs his deal and then just a couple of days later, Devontae Adams is shipped off to, to Las Vegas, you got to be saying, dude, this, this just, this sucks. Now I got Alan Lazard as my wide receiver one. Get the hell out of here. But yeah, yeah, man. Um, I, I think uh, as kind of a consequence, so one of the things just as a total pivot, Josh Jacobs is a player that I'm, I'm generally avoiding okay. this year, right? Um, and I, he's right in that dreaded dead zone of running backs. Mm-hmm. The thing about uh, what we always talked about with the Josh Jacobs narrative was he needs to be able to catch the ball. The Raiders were always coming in and saying, okay, our game plan this season is Josh Jacobs is going to go and catch the ball. Didn't really happen until last year. We're actually last year. Get, uh, over four targets per game, which is it's up there. It's probably one of the top 10 or close to top 10 in terms of targets per game, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But when, again, you've got Darren Waller, you've got Hunter Renfrew, you've got Devontae Adams, and assuming, of course, you know, for everybody, that they stay healthy, that target share is going to be, I think, naturally sapped away from Josh Jacobs yeah. because those targets are going to go to Hunter Renfrew in the slot, I think. So I agree. Uh, to, to me, it's, it's it's going to be sharp. But, you know, as a consequence of this, I would say sh- uh, I would fade Josh Jacobs. Give me one more, Brandon, one more stack that you love. Maybe there's it's this is maybe a lower end. Type of stack. Yes, this is for the very low end. Yeah, don't want to pay the king's ransom for this. But tell me, tell me your this, last stack. This is a lottery ticket. This is this is the one. This is the lottery ticket. If like if it doesn't work, you you know going in that the the odds of this smashing aren't great. But if it does smash, that is where you can be different. And that is Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson, and Elijah Moore stack. This stack Ooh, right baby. here. Two elite wide receivers that can get it done, and I'm excited to see how they do the who the target share breakup target share that's going to be for Zach Wilson. I just feel like Zach Wilson. Everything that I've been seeing about him is that he's becoming more mature off and on the field. He's put on 15 pounds, and it looks like he put it on in muscle, and it, he looks extremely stout now, extremely strong. Um, I, I just feel they they built out that line. They got Brees Hall. They got to be able to st- stabilize that offense. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just feel with that play-action ability and the rollout ability of Zach Wilson with Brees Hall – Who's going to benefit the most from that? It's going to be Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, man. (laughs) Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore are going to be able to run free because everybody on this world is going to think Brees Hall's getting the rock every freaking tote. And I just feel like he's he's going to stick that thing in his belly. He's going to pull it right back out, and he's going to roll out, and he's going to set his feet, and he's going to send it deep to Elijah Moore and to Garrett Wilson for a lot of tutties. I'm excited about the Jets. I know that's crazy to sound that sounds crazy to me, right? That sounds that very sounds crazy. It's cockamamie it, is the word. It may, it, it may be, a, it may, we may be a year early on this one. This may be a year early on this one. I'm a dynasty player, so I'm looking at the arc of careers more. I love, love that setup. If you if you want to get that in dynasty, please do it, man. Because I I believe this is the next Bengals type of projection of a team. In a couple few years, like this is couple give give this team a couple years to work out what Garrett Wilson's gonna be with with Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson in this offense, and we could see something very special. But if it comes a year early, it's worth just a dart throw. It, I, I I'm it's worth especially in those big, big, big tournaments. This is how you can get a little skanky, a little different, a little bit off the beaten path. 
Yeah, no, I think that's that's definitely sharp. I mean, we like Zach Wilson as a late, late, late upside quarterback. The thing is, that when I say late, he's literally going as QB twenty three at pick one seventy two. He's free. He's free. Yeah, yeah. So Elijah Moore, you're gonna have to get him at pick sixty seven, which as a wide receiver thirty one, that's the market basically saying he's gonna finish in line with where he finished last year, where he finished his thirty four points per game last year. He's gonna go. He's gonna continue to improve. He only played eleven games last year, so obviously he needs to stay healthy. But I mean, again. Another year in the league, he didn't really battle injuries when he was in college, so this is a relatively new thing for him. Mm -hmm. But the upside is absolutely immense. And the thing about Garrett Wilson, so he's a rookie. He's coming out of Ohio State. Garrett Wilson, before the draft, was my wide receiver one coming in. Yes, it was. In terms of prospect. He is, he's a poet in terms (laughs) of his route running. He's he's just, he's he's at next level. Um, We love Chris Olave because Olave is just a consummate pro. But Garrett yes. Wilson has the ability to go and absolutely just melt the NFL. Like he's the type just of be freaky. That, yeah, if we look back, like Garrett Wilson absolutely has the upside as being the best wide receiver in this class. And so going to a team now, Zach Wilson, man, he's going to have to step the hell up. He's look, big time. Garrett Wilson, we know what he, what he is. Elijah Moore, we know what he is. Zach Wilson, bro, you gotta step it up. But uh, you know, we were talking about um, the, the camp narratives. Apparently, Jack Wilson's getting thick. He still has that yes. baby face. But he's getting thick, so he's getting that NFL bod, if if you were. And uh, this is what's going to take, man. Uh, it's it's fantastic. And if you want to get if you want to get a little nasty, Brees Hall or even man Michael Carter is going as mm-hmm. the RB forty five and pick one forty three overall. What do we know Michael Carter likes to do, especially with Brees Hall? Now Michael Carter is going to be the third Pass. down back, especially to start. He's going to catch a lot of receptions. So if you want to go and just just quad stack the hell out of the Jets. Now this is more of a tournament go. play, all right? We we talk about yes, this is very tournament. This is yeah. this is tournament plays, boys. This is this is something that's got like a two percent chance of working, and if it does, it makes you money. So <laughs> that's why we're here, man. We're trying to get you guys some yeah. money. We ain't the pros yeah. like the DFS army, the grinders. We're just you know some some casual fantasy football enthusiasts, but yeah, we've done pretty well for ourselves. And so if you want to Perfect. differentiate yourself in these leagues, go for a team like the Jets. Now, okay. For my third and final stack that I'm going to recommend to the people, this is one where things have to fall just so, okay? Mm. And at the very start of the show, I I didn't advocate reaching because when you reach, you're essentially giving value to your competitors, which, again, all things being equal, it becomes suboptimal for your ability to win. But in these tournaments, as long as you're not reaching significantly – we recommend drafting if you go and you get Lamar Jackson Boom. at 51 overall. One of the players you obviously want to try to get him with is Mark Andrews. And so, again, conceptually, when you look at the board, Mark Andrews is going at 16 overall, which is essentially the front half of round two, whereas Lamar Jackson is going at 51 overall, which is a front end of round five, which is the opposite of your draft position, right? So if Mark Andrews falls, and so this is the big if. If Mark Andrews falls anywhere between mid to late round two, which I've seen it happen in drafts that I've been in, so it happened, it's real, okay? That is when you're going to want to say, listen, this is my opportunity to go and get that Raven stack. Again, it has to fall just so, which, look, again, we talked about it. For this tournament, if you're going to win it, you got to get the nuts. So Mark mm-hmm. Andrews, if he falls to round two and you decide to go elite tight end to start with, go and get Lamar Jackson. The thing is, Lamar Jackson and Rashad Bateman, Bateman, oh baby, 
we're, we're, we're more and more in on Bateman. Bateman's going to 55. And we were early on exactly that, bro. Going. Everybody's copying I, I, us. Like, it's actually pretty I'm funny. Just, like, we, we, we put out things like a month, two months earlier than people. And then suddenly it's the new craze of Twitter. It's just, it's just wild. Home. Like we, it's happened, it's happened with the lions. It's happened with the, with, when we talked about Devonte Adams leaving, it's happened like all that stuff. Like that, we've called so many things. It's been insane, actually. I think we have a slight advantage, of Brandon, because we literally haven't stopped. We've been podcasting constantly since September last year. So yeah. that's just, I guess, it's kind of the be first, baby, be first. But yeah, be first. So Lamar Jackson, if you're going to go and 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 make this stack happen, one, you're going to have to get lucky. Mark Andrews is going to have to fall. As you're coming back at the end of round four, that's when you're going to want to pull the trigger on Lamar. So a little like three or four spots early over his ADP. And then when you come back in round five, that's when you want to hammer Rashad Bateman. Now, a lot of the skeptics out there are going to say, well, look, they're going to have the, the linemen back. They had a lot of injuries. Um, they're literally their top three running backs last year were injured. So they're going to want to run the rock this year. I get it, right? But Lamar's mm-hmm. going to throw the ball, but it's going to be very consolidated to two players. It's going to be Mark Andrews. And it's going to be Rashad Bateman. And Bateman, man, he's got – he has so much to prove. Last year was disappointing. He was battling injuries. The few games where he actually did go and and go off, I think it was with Tyler Huntley as his quarterback. So he didn't yeah. really have any massive, any of his massive games with Lamar Jackson. But, guys, Lamar Jackson's a good quarterback. Last year was just an anomaly. It, it, it was everything that could have gone wrong for the Ravens went wrong for the Ravens. Law of averages, hopefully the shit – people stay healthy. And Lamar Jackson, man, we know as just a quarterback alone, if you don't want to stack him, has league winning upside. You add his two favorite pass catchers on the team. That's how you absolutely melt your league. And that is how you win a tournament on the underdog best ball mania three. What do you feel? What do you feel about in these kind of deals? Like what if you went kind of crazy and you went Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins and Andrews or or either or uh, Andrews or Bateman, what do you think about taking the RB and taking all those rush tutties as well of the offense? Well, so there's some game theory with this, right? So uh, generally speaking, like the, the simple answer is a suboptimal, right? Because okay. you're going to be taking away, like naturally if J.K. Dobbins is going to score, it means mm-hmm. that Rashad Bateman and Lamar Jackson or Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews aren't going to get that that duo passing uh, touchdown right so it becomes suboptimal because in any given week when your players are scoring and putting up points for your roster because again best ball you're going to draft multiple players the software is going to throw your best players up there if you're drafting and you're doing these stacks then you're going to expect that for the most part those are the stacks are going <clears> to <throat> excuse me are going to hit your lineup so if jk Dobbins is going scoring two three rushing touchdowns and we're not getting any of the passing production from lamar jackson it becomes suboptimal now okay. if you well, again, this is if you want to be contrarian, and it's actually interesting you bring this up because I was just uh, debating with a, one of my buddies. He's an engineer, really smart guy, definitely smarter than I am, way better at math <laughs> than I am. But he was talking about how because so many people are going to be stacking this year, maybe we want to do the opposite and and don't mm-hmm. stack. So you're going to mm-hmm. basically say, look, if I'm going to be drafting J.K. Dobbins, the RB1 on the Baltimore Ravens, and then I'm going to also be doing these Ravens uh, pass catcher stacks, you're going to essentially be assuming that the Baltimore Ravens are going to be the number one offense in the league this year because they're just going to put up three, four touchdowns um, every single game, which, look, that's not crazy to think. But it's it's going to be possible. Extreme, yeah. 
Well, yeah, I mean, like a team just going 28 to 35 points every single week, right? If they're the winning teams. So it's extremely possible, but it's going to be hyper consolidated. It's going to say these three guys are going to score all of their production. And it's just, yeah. it's not optimal. So I wouldn't recommend it. Um, because it's just something I was be, thinking about. Yeah, well, the idea here is that you want to you want to set it up so that your pass catchers and your quarterback are scoring, and then you're going to get all the touchdowns on another team. Say you drop like J.K. Dobbins and Elijah Mitchell are going similar in ADP. Maybe instead of J.K. Dobbins, you go and get Elijah Mitchell, where you assume okay, Lamar and Bateman are going to put up two touchdowns, and then Lamar is going to pass for three this this week. That's going to be one massive stack and build up points on my team. And then over here, Elijah Mitchell is going to go and put up a line like 120, one touchdown, and 45 passing yards with three receptions, right? So just have an absolute right. monster game. That's the most optimal way to build your team. Okay. So that's so that's that's what I would say with that. But so, so I'm trying to get the I'm trying to get this out yeah. for everybody else. You know, like we may of know course. this stuff, but like these other guys, you know, people that are watching, they they might get that idea and go, screw it. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna take all I'm gonna get all the Ravens offensive production and I'm gonna take that whole team. But yeah, it, it becomes you're working against your own squad when you do that. When you when you take especially if that running back isn't a focal point in the pass. In the on the third yeah. down passing downs, um, yeah. it would be different if it, if you wanted to stack like here. Here's a disgusting one: Jared Goff and DeAndre Swift. That's disgusting, right. but that would be, I think, or DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown and Jared Goff. Like that would yeah. be an off the beaten path type deal where that would be actually. It's actually kind of sneaky. I might have to try it. Just throw. I'm just going to do that one time just to see yeah. what it does. But I'm just curious, but. If you're going to stack running backs, it has to be heavily, heavily off, you know, pass catching backs like an Eckler or uh, a Joe, yeah. even a Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon has quite a bit of passing uh, prowess as well. I think there's going to be more of that this year as well um, because of that offensive line. Yeah. But, again, yeah, I'm excited talking, for it. The one thing about Joe Mixon is he, the reason he's not always a third, the third down back is because his pass blocking is not. It's not the best. It's suboptimal. It's why he wasn't on that final draft uh, drive for the Bengals. In the what a joke! Life. That's yeah, just, just uh, bad they, coaching. They wanted, that was bad coaching. But look, it's because Joe Mixon is notoriously bad at pass blocking. So that's just that's what they you know they looked at the sheets and said this is what the math suggests, which is just put your damn best players in the on, yeah, on just leave your best players in there, man. Yeah. Like, it, don't that, be stupid. Coaches are ridiculous sometimes. Like, absolutely. Yep, brother. that's pretty. I was actually just listening to uh, KJ Wright talking about uh, Russell Wilson and all the drama behind the scenes and all that stuff. And he talked about how all the trust just left the whole team when they decided not to run beast mode in. And he talked about it, and he said that 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 killed the whole team. It killed everything. Like he said that all the players lost confidence in the coaching staff. All, all the, that's the whole reason. And that's why Russ was never given the keys fully in that Pete Carroll offense is because of drama like that. But it was interesting just off. It's just something yeah. I just popped in my brain. I think that we, people are so quick to forget that these are real people playing. Yeah. was coming to play. Mojo is a real thing. And when you lose that mojo, man, it's just, it's hard to get, back just ask austin powers so we have brandon <laughs> yes let's end it there um let's end it. people of course we we everything we're talking about right now we're we're firmly in best ball season best so ball go season. to underdog.com there's also a link in the show description follow that link use code dfs army they will get a dollar for dollar 
first deposit match up to $100. That is $200 in your bankroll that you can go and spend on whether it's Best Ball Mania 3, which is $10 million of total prizes, $2 million to first. I think it's a million bucks to second. So some massive, massive upside. 25 bucks to enter one of those. Or you can go and enter the puppy for $5 for the tournaments. Now, I actually, my personal preference, Brandon, I don't like joining the tournaments because okay. the odds of winning are just so much lower. I like to just yeah. do the regular contest. And yeah. there's $5 contests out there. There's $10 contests out there. My personal favorite, I like to have three or four best ball contests going at one time for three bucks a piece. Because I just I just like the action, baby. Plus, it makes you sharper. You get it, you get a good feel of the draft board. And then one, maybe then you go drop your $25 in that best ball mania three or we're almost at July. July 4th is the official launch of fantasy football season, redraft season, and you will be the most prepared player. 100%. Drafting for real money. And you can start and seeing tr- you can start seeing trends developing over the summer. You can see just guys' ADPs are rising because people are starting to write about them on Twitter and and the masses are starting to read content and listen to content like you're doing right now. And that is when you, this is when you can get your edge. The real good players, like this is when you get your edge and you can just take out those fishes later on in July and August because you already have your ADPs down. You know where everybody's going. You know when when you can wait on guys because you know the set the the Twitter verse is not high on somebody and they aren't going off at ADP. They're going to be going a few rounds later like a Zachers value of the season boys like i'm telling you i like and one thing i'll add to add to our our philosophy for me for best for best ball when i'm stacking i always like to stack with an elite tight end i try and focus on teams that have that elite tight end so i can get their uh, their the elite tight end and then they get the wide receiver one of the offense that's that's what i'm trying to do i that that's that to me proves out to being the better strategy most of the time yeah, I mean, there's so many different strategies out there. We gave you a few today. If you want more strategies, go to DFSArmy.com. There's an articles button on the top left. Go click that. There's tons of fantasy football content. There's NASCAR. There's PGA. There's basketball. We got everything over at DFSArmy. So go. If you don't want to type it in and you want to just click a button, go to the show info below. Click that link. Go to our website. Check it out. And look, we're just going to help you crush in your fantasy football drafts in your underdog drafts in your dfs lineups so thank you so much for joining us we're going to be here all off season you can follow brandon on twitter at brandon the adam 19 you can follow me on twitter at the flex network one so for brandon for the geek i'm shane and we are the dfs army fantasy football show 